What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome, everyone. Morning, JFW family. Hello, driver. Wow. Whose voice is that? We got a very special guest, Cowboy Troy Hunt. Welcome to the podcast, Troy. Glad to be here. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Troy, I kind of looked up that, where is that nickname from, the Cowboy Troy? Because I, I thought that was a country western rapper. It is a uh, African-American rapper, cowboy country, right? Uh, that's kind of where it came from, but uh, an old an old employee that we used to have here, that we used to have here, was uh, Sal Saucedo. Oh. He called me Cowboy, cowboy Troy, Troy whenever... I'd throw lyrics and songs <laughs> while I'm singing on the radio and, you know. It stuck. Yeah, it stuck. Right? Yeah. Even There's though I can truly claim cowboy from my background, I can claim that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. I could picture you trying to climb up on a horse. There was no trying. It was jumping. Oh, okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. Just as a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not the opinion of JFW. It's just the opinion of Cowboy Troy Hunt. Yes. <laughs> Taking great. all the heat for it, Troy. <laughs> and the other four men in this room. So episode 20, it did okay. We had uh, 233 downloads. But the exciting thing about the podcast right now is we've had 5,249 downloads total since we started. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a great number. I think it's impactful that for is, what we yeah. do and who we're trying to reach. I, I love it. Yeah, it seems like it just seems like a huge number, you know, even in twenty episodes. So thanks, everybody. Right. That's awesome. Yep, that Good is fantastic. Stuff. I know I usually sneak my dad jokes in, but I'm just going to call it today. It's time for the dad joke challenge. <laughs> well, I was going to tell you about the new restaurant me and uh, Holly have been going to. It's called Karma. There is no menu. You just get what you deserve. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I don't know. The war's on my brain, so I've been, you know, thinking of the other countries over there and whatnot. And, uh, one of the countries that I looked at when I was looking at a map, because I just wanted to have the lowdown on, on everything that was around in the area and stuff, and I saw Switzerland over there. And I don't know much about the country, but there's a plus on their flag. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You know, and while while he's been thinking about war, I've just been thinking about you know the war and attrition of the everyday that we're coming up on. You know, trying to get your sea legs back, trying to get these you know summers getting ready to get started. And as you shoot down eighty five, and everybody's zipping around, and everybody's enjoying the great weather as we are, you go by Brighton, and there's that big old graveyard right there. There's plenty of plots left. I come to ask around about it, especially over there at Plant 3, and the guy tells me, he says, you know that people that live in Brighton can't be buried there? Why not? Because they're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My wife's going to appreciate me saying that over and over again, just like my pigeons will. My pigeons will definitely... Shout out to Jennifer for <laughs> supplying Troy with the dad joke. Right, right. Good job, Jen. Can't be there if you're uh, I'll tell you, I got to take that uh, theme and run with it. And we are in the concrete business. So what does a mobster buried in cement soon become? 
You got me. A hardened criminal. <laughs> okay, not bad. All right, I guys. Just, I just got to clarify that one, Dave, because they're buried in concrete. <laughs> yeah, not cement. <laughs> I just throwing that disclaimer out there. There is a difference. Uh, that's a the clip magazine debate right there. You'd have a hard time with that, huh, Jim? Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Do you guys know what uh, generation Forrest Gump is from? <laughs> nope. No, Jam. What generation is Forrest Gump from? Gen A. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Good one. Uh, good stuff. Uh, that's a good one, man. Yes. Yeah. You, you, I think you kind of pulled that one off this week. Yeah. Super Dave, I'm coming for you, bud. <laughs> All right. Time for some JFW business. New drivers, we got Juan Morales and Fernando Archila Cifuentes. Welcome, guys. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Glad to have you. Thanks yeah. for joining the team. Welcome to JFW. Welcome, welcome, definitely. And he's not a new driver, but good to see Randy Hoag's face back in the office. Welcome back, Randy. Yeah, yeah. good to have him back. It yeah. was great yeah. to see him and hear him on the radio. We got him set up with the radio last week. and. Yeah, he's he's back in action. Yeah, just have to mention just because we give Randy such a hard time, but you mentioned it's good seeing his face. I I looked at that one knee and man, that one's really crooked and that one's really straight. I can't stop staring at his knees. <laughs> he's got a little gangster lean going. He does. He does. Great his legs look like Randy the letter D. One is straight and the other one's bold. Exactly, Dave. And he's still going to go in for another. Yeah, Any replacement too. Yeah, he's got it scheduled like May sixth or something yeah. like that. Goodness, yeah. yeah. Good to have you back, Randy. No doubt. Absolutely. Celebrations. We only had one really big celebration this week, and uh, that was yesterday. Is Jim White's birthday? Happy birthday, Jim! Ooh, happy birthday, brother! Happy birthday, Jim! You missed out on all the radio chatter on that one. Yeah, I want to bring that up, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Linda even texted me. She goes, "You got your radio on? Everybody's shouting at you." And, I was actually, my daughter called me wishing me happy birthday and I got in an hour long conversation with her. So yeah, thanks everybody. You guys, you know, you you wish everybody a happy birthday and stuff like that. And my birthday yesterday couldn't have been more happy, you guys, because everybody, everybody was sending me wishes and, and man, it, it means a lot. So thanks everybody. Sorry I, I missed the stuff on the radio, but yeah, you guys are, are special and, and made me feel special. Thanks. Good stuff. Shout outs. Man, yesterday I didn't have any, and then today I got a list of shout-outs. People were rallying yesterday, texting me throughout the night. I woke up to two shout-outs. So uh, one person I missed last week when we were talking about the Bulker division was Doug Beers. Doug is just as much a part of the Bulker division as the rest of those guys. I just missed him accidentally. You know, he's uh, a little bit more reserved than the Powells and that whole crew, <laughs> but Doug does a great job. So shout-out to Doug. Randy wanted to give a shout-out to the JFW leadership team, Dale and Paula, for taking care of him while he was gone. Dale Boyce wanted to give a shout-out to the brothers for all they do. And let me rewind to the Boca division yesterday. I actually want to give a shout-out to Rob White again. I did his review last night, and it was, it was silly, guys. It's like, okay, um, safety, perfect. Attendance, perfect. Communication, outstanding. Like, I mean, the guy was just aces through the whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he's he's definitely a silent warrior. And until I sat down with him, I'm like, wow, Rob, like you are, he's running for Mr. Perfecto spot. Nice. That's how, that's oh, wow. how nice. good he is. That's yeah. a bold yeah. statement right there. Yeah. yeah. Watch out, Rosario. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Oswaldo filled in uh, last week for Rosario, and I, I teased him. I said, you're going to call in as Rosario? And Oswaldo went around the corner of the hallway, and he goes, Mr. Perfecto, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's good awesome. stuff. <laughs> Linda wanted to give a shout-out to the drivers who went to Kansas City, or not Kansas City, but to Kansas with short notice. That included Ryan Emerling, Potter, Ray Ray, Johnny Beret, Vern, Troy Hunt, Gilbert Benny, and Victor Dominguez. I guess you guys got caught last minute to go out of town, so appreciate you doing that. JR wants to give a shout-out to those who just go out and get it done every day, drivers who just do anything dispatches ask for, and he wanted to pass a message. Don't forget, if you guys need anything, Pat, Scooby, and himself are always there for you guys. Yeah, good piece from JR, you know, to remember those guys are out there and, and they're here for everybody. And then, like JR said, too, the, the drivers who just do anything, you know, if we've mismentioned your name, you know, kind of like Doug and stuff, it's it's because they're – we have so many special people. Sometimes it's just hard to mention everybody, but you guys mean a lot to us, and, and you all do a great job. Thanks. Yeah, and a lot of times we're, we're doing this on the cuff or on the fly. You know, we didn't have a list of bulk of drivers yesterday. We just started talking about them. So, right. you know, sometimes it's, it's definitely never intentional. Uh, Mike Vasquez in 0016 wants to give a shout-out to Jason Gamage. Jason asked if he could use his truck for cores. Mike called me the next morning. He said, hey, did that guy use my truck? I'm like, pretty sure. He's like, well, talk about better than he left it. Like, my, my truck is spotless. So oh, shout out fantastic. to Jason. Yeah. Kurt Spencer wants to give a shout out to Manny, who helped clean Jeremy Tuttle's trailer out last Wednesday. It was a big help. Thanks so much, Manny. And then Veronica wants to give Jose Barraza a shout out for helping her out on a Utah trip. She said he's an amazing person and very knowledgeable. That was her first trip out of town, and I guess Jose took her under his wing. So, oh, yeah. very cool. Great yeah, job. it's good to hear that. Hey, and not to bring out the bring down the shout outs, Jam, but I know Jason also mentioned that you know he loves to get in the truck and and clean it up and leave it better than what he found it. But he also mentioned that he gets in a few trucks that he like gets back out of the truck because he's just not going to take that truck and. We still have to stay on that note about keeping them clean and, and it's your office, it's your home, it's where you're at all day. Please keep those trucks clean so when Jason jumps in it, it's not a big deal that he cleans it up for you guys. Yeah, and not to piss you guys off, but sometimes you get in these trucks and it's hard to believe they're just a few years old. You know, Some of them look like they're still brand new and others look like people don't care. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jim. Any shout-outs from you guys? Troy, you got any shout-outs for anybody? Uh, no shout-outs wow. right now, but I'll fill the rest of the week with them. I'll come on the radio quite a bit and throw them out there as I see them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, this radio reaches all. <laughs> Man, I, like guys, a, I like it just, when it's off the cuff when I can call the shot, <laughs> not when you call the shot for me to give the shout-out. Because uh, <laughs> we're on the, the podcast, I guess you call that radio, but... You guys, Troy just turned bright red. Just, just so you guys all know, I'm just, just calling him out. Jam's just trying to disarm me right he, now. He crumbled under pressure. Didn't he? <laughs> weird, weird things happen to people on a podcast. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it's, it is. it's sometimes tough. Yeah. yeah. My shout outs. I just want to say one more time. Thanks everybody for the birthday wishes. Nice. You know, during those birthday wishes, you know, everybody's like, oh, maybe Jim's just ignoring me. You know, Showtime put that out there like that. And then at the end, I just put on the radio, you know, maybe Jim just is having a big piece of cake. 
Just taking yeah, a big old yeah, bite out you know, of some cake. Troy, I hate to, you know, <laughs> might turn red again, but Dale kind of ratted you out yesterday. And oh, yeah? I, Dale explained it like I was just like feeding my face with a big piece of cake. Is <laughs> no, that how, wasn't how it came that. across is what, what Dale was, you know, joking about. <laughs> no, I was, I was going in a different direction. I was hoping to loft that softball up in the air and somebody else to take it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Nobody bit. <laughs> Some housekeeping items. First thing on the list is the cameras, guys. The cameras have to be mounted. We've had a lot of windshields replaced lately, and when they replace the windshields, they don't put the cameras back up. It's your responsibility to at least tell somebody you need to have your camera mounted. It's so easy. It's a double-sided piece of tape. Pat has some at the West Yard, but went to look up some video footage on a truck yesterday. Dave, you should have bet me a cheeseburger because that camera, I can only go back to the first of the month, but it was never remounted after that driver had a windshield put in. So pretty disappointed there. And really, it's for your protection. Yeah, it's for our protection as well. But those cameras catch so much to not have it mounted is just insane to me. Yeah, we're we're paying for that use, that service, that product, that tool. We have to use it. Yeah, it should be part of the pre-trip. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis Fiscara called me yesterday, and he was the big, the biggest opponent of the cameras when we got him. Mm-hmm. He called me again yesterday, and he's like, Jam, I think my car needs to be aligned. I just put it back up. And this was before anything. And uh, I looked, and I was like, no, it looks good. He's like, oh, good. He's like, well, you know how I used to feel about the cameras, but <laughs> I'm like, I get it, Dennis. We've, we've talked From about that. opponent to proponent. Yes. Nice. Yes, good nice. job. There's Dennis. my shout-out right there. Thanks for the windshield. Yeah. That's my shout-out. You know, as as much as Jim and I would like to sit here and say you're welcome, Troy, you know we have nothing to do with that, right? right? We truly don't. The glass shortage, the resin shortage, the parts shortage, the availability. No, no, I get it. And we we don't do that. The shop does. I mean, it is 100% on them. You're welcome, but... We'll try and pass that Thank on to the shop. Philly. They're, Thank they're, you, They're shop. the ones that need that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> when was your windshield replaced? Two days ago. Is your camera back up? Uh, yes, it is, but there's definitely a, a two-sided tape issue between the hot and cold. I guess just getting it back up there and on there. Yeah, if you try to put it up in the cold, that does create a little bit of a problem. Yeah. You may need a new piece of tape. Did you grab a new one? I have tape in my truck that I keep on hand. Double-sided tape is always needed. So okay. just to clarify on that too, that is special double-sided tape. You can't just use like Home Depot double-sided tape. I use 3M. I didn't know that there was anything more special than that. We you need 4M. You know what? <laughs> yeah. you know what? JFW is actually a little bit more special above the crust than anybody else. I'm not surprised that the tape is also we, part of that. We, yeah. That we, is 4M? We didn't know that either, Troy, until we started with the cameras. Okay. And then we found out, wait a minute. This double-sided tape, this double-sided tape, this double-sided tape, they all have to do with the texture, the heat range. I mean, they're... I'm sure. When the shop dove into it, Mike found, like, seriously, a dozen different versions of 3M tape. So we have the correct one. So, yeah. If you use your tape, I'm not going to knock your tape, but... Yeah, at least give the tape a chance, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, Troy, your tape sucks, okay? (laughs) I just have to clarify that because one would think that. We used to think that until we started investigating it. You know, it's like everything else. There's more to than what it looks. The camera's fallen off once. If it it falls off again after I 
pressed it, and if it falls off again, then we'll know that we need to change out the tape. Pat's got some. Problem solved. Yep. Boom. There we Bam. go. Bam. Uh, next item is tickets. Drivers have to enter your tickets at the end of the day. That is not dispatch's job. It's not Joanne or Ann or Amber's or Amanda's job to enter your tickets. That's that's part of the job, everybody. So please enter your tickets. Yeah, I feel like I have to soapbox on that one, Jam, because it just, man, it's frustrating. It and the, And the rumor going around is some of the drivers have discovered that dispatch checks your tickets and now they're entering your tickets and you haven't been entering your tickets or there's some drivers that haven't been entering their tickets because they know dispatch puts them in or or and does and you know that's that's just i don't know for a lack of a better word it's disgusting that you can't do your own tickets that you're actually letting dispatch or somebody else do your tickets it's how you get paid laziness is is creeping into my head here that you know, now you found some other way to get out of doing your job. And, you know, we preach, do your job. So I'll, I'll step off the soapbox, do your tickets, enter your tickets. We've taken away having to write it. I know you're still having to turn your tickets in in the boxes, but that's because we have guys not doing their tickets. If everybody starts to do their tickets, we can take care of the, take away the boxes. And it makes it better, you guys. We're trying to be better. It's just the fact. In order to grow, we need everybody to be engaged. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You want to talk about the spring snow on its way, what it, what it does to the tarps and stuff like that, Jim? Yeah, uh, another thing, you guys, um, try to keep these positive here, and I keep your, your poking me, Jam. I just keep <laughs> passionate about some of this stuff. I just know I could count on you. <laughs> right? Uh, the, you know, I've seen a couple of guys leave their tarps out because then the snow gathers on the top of the tarps, and it's not in the trailer when it snows and then you don't have to shovel or scrape it out or get in there and yeah the liners are dangerous they're slick it sucks but the last person i know that left their tarp out tried to run it back in with all the snow in it and snapped the chain off the 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 tarp motor and i'm just like man that is just bull you guys just because you won't do your job again we're back to that you you break your truck you know, trying to pull that snow in and with it out on the tarp and roll that tarp in if you're gonna, that you're knowing it's going to snow. So that the snow protects nothing. You know, it just, it's just gonna mess us up. And when Jam mentions the spring snow, you guys know, you know, we're in the middle of March. We got some nice weather coming. That snow is gonna be wet. You know, you've seen what it does to the trees and stuff like that. If it gathers on those tarps when they're out, it's going to rip them. It may even bend a bow. It may pull the cable off one of the pulleys. Make sure that tarp's in at the end of the day. And then something else that we talked about years ago, and I don't know if we've mentioned it, uh, tarp in or out. And I wanted to mention, it is the best way to run with the tarp out, whether you're loaded or empty. And there's, there's two big reasons for that. And, and we went ahead and tested it years ago. So... Your first one is, is Mike's discovered when it's rolled up, and I'm going to use the word accordion, when it's ro rolled up in the front of your trailer, all in an accordion so they can load you, those tarp pieces and bows and material are all vibrating together, so it's like sandpaper on each other. And they're just rubbing back and forth as the trailer goes down the road, and that's the quickest way to rub a hole in your tarp. 
is with it folded up in the front traveling that way. So after you dump, leave it out. And I know then there's that point of having to remember to open it when you go to Fry's or to Morrison and you don't have a loader operator and you load on top of it. We get that, you know, two or three times a year. So pay attention to that, you know, do your job. And the other thing is, is what we did is around here years ago, we used to, for fuel mileage, when we were, you know, a smaller company and me and Dave were driving, for fuel mileage and stuff, if your trailer was clean, we'd leave the tailgates open. And that let the air through there. and More aerodynamic. More aerodynamic and the whole bit. So what we tested is if your tarp's in, the tailgate floats up and it stands out. If you run the tarp out, the tailgate closes. Ah. And so it is more aerodynamic, loaded or empty, to have the tarp out. Better fuel mileage. And as we talk about the war against fuel, like I sent out, it's better to be tarped the whole time. Better on the material and better on the on the fuel mileage. So those are the, the two big things about the tarp. So don't leave them out at night for the snow and run with them out where you where you you know get the best fuel mileage and also the tarps aren't roll, roll, rubbing together. Yeah, I mean I found leaving your tarp out at night doesn't complete. You still got to get in and sweep out anyway. Maybe not as much, but I mean we even did an experiment last year I think where we had trailers in the air with the, we just did a whole bunch of things and. At the end of the testing period, we just decided we'll just do it like we were. You know, when you park, leave them in and get in there and sweep out. And if you're having trouble, come grab one of us. We'll, we'll help you guys get the snow out of your trailer. Yeah, I think the only thing we really found, Jam, was if we left the trailer up a little bit and it was maybe a warmer storm, it did let the water roll right. out without it freezing. Yep. But, you know, this time, you know, the, the months we've been through, it still freezes on that aluminum because they're a conductor of, of cold and heat. Riders on Saturday or any time throughout the week, did we have did we have a problem with that? No, I just wanted to mention the, the safety part of that. Uh, we'll get to work in some more Saturdays here uh, as we get busier. And, and we're a family business, and we, we encourage you to have your family with you and spend time with your family. And I know growing up, me and Dave always rode with Dad. You know, we were either – we sat on the toolbox of a 950 loader while he loaded trucks, or, you know, we sat in the low boy and – you know, just a, a quick funny story. He had an old Mack cab over with a, with a low boy, and he had a track machine, a 955 track machine. And uh, we could set inside the cab, and as, it, as he'd uh, load the track machine on, he didn't have ramps that you folded down. They were just a beaver tail. So you pulled the track machine up to the beaver tail of the low boy, and the tracks on the machine would grab the low boy and start to walk up the up the back of the low boy but the loader was so heavy that it would pick the back of the truck off the ground the duels off the ground the low boy was so as kids we thought it was fun whenever he loaded that we were like facing the ground through the windshield when we were in the cab and we had to hold on as we got loaded and yeah, it was it, it was, was like a free ride yeah it was like an amusement park yeah. for me and dave you know just sitting in the truck and and you know and then and then as the as the the machine came over in the track, we've all seen you know backhoes and stuff like that. At a certain point, they teeter and they flop down and they hit hard. Well, that's when the truck would smash back down to the ground. And yeah, it was fun to be in the truck and do that. So yeah, the you know I don't even know where I'm going with that point, but riding along is important. But you know they can't be out at the pits. They your rider can't get out at the pits. Can't get out at the plants. You have to stop and go to the bathroom someplace else. 
you know, it, it's just a it's just a safety thing that we push the line on. So please be careful with that. You know, we've had in the past where the DOT requires that you guys notify dispatch, notify the company that you have a rider with you. That's a DOT regulation. And I have a story for that too. So how we find out, found out about that little regulation is we had a driver with his wife and did they get pulled over or stopped? But anyway, the married couple were together, but one of them had a restraining order on the other and was still riding together. And when the patrolman ran him, he discovered the <laughs> restraining order. And I don't know, we had to go get the wife or we had to go get the driver or whatever. And we knew nothing about the rider and uh, it just turned into a big mess. So, uh, you know. Who was that, Jim? I don't remember that. Was it two to two? It's <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like Dave. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you guys, I think it was him, Dave, because he's the one that was, you know, spent time in jail. He too, did. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you guys, anyway, you know, protect your family, protect us. Be careful when you have the riders. Make sure you notify dispatch about it and, you know, enjoy and, and enjoy the summer and having having your family member with you. I'd say don't abuse it either. We're definitely not a daycare. I mean, we understand but, you know, especially with the little ones, it's hard for a little one to be in a truck for 12 hours. So oh, yeah. if you want to have a good day with your kid, I mean, do it on a Saturday where it's a little bit short of a day. It's not so so hard on the kids. My son can vouch for that, for sure. Yeah, and he's older. I mean, he's yeah. 12? Yeah, he's 12. Wow, 12. It, he's been here four times, and every time I try to tempt him with another day of trucking, he's just like, yeah, Dad, nah, I'm just not into it today. <laughs> yeah, they, they get to an age, Troy. Yeah. I know I met uh, Josh's daughter last summer, I think, at the Ice Cream Social, and, and she was really funny and a and, uh, pleasure to meet, but she was not happy about riding in the truck all day. And I think, <laughs> I think Josh kind of got an earful at, at one point, but she's, she was 12, 13, maybe a little older than that, Troy, mm -hmm. so yeah. Kind of have to throw out there on the disclaimer on that too, you guys, is our insurance company says no riders. Our workers' comp policy says no riders. So we're out there pushing the envelope every day that we have a rider, but it's because of our family values and our family belief that you should be able to have that. So technically our butts are out there on the line when you do have a passenger. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot that can happen. So... You know, like Jam mentioned, use that caution, use that appreciation, and don't abuse it. It's it's a big deal. So I had to have to throw that cautionary issue out there. It's kind of weird you guys aren't following the rules. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, then you you usually get hurt by that sooner yeah. or later, Jam, and then right. you have to. And that's what we're given this warning about: is we yep. want to be a family. Yeah, I mean, V just got to take her husband out to Utah with her. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool that we yeah, would do absolutely. something like that, you know. All right, next on the list, do we have a, a problem with dispatches? I think Saturday is where I, I picked that up from. Um, if you have a question on a Saturday and you've received your dispatch and you think the, the pit might be open or what time it closes or, you know, if the plant's open or anything like that, Please speak up. We're not, you know, dispatch isn't going to take it as a slam. They're dispatching a hundred trucks, you guys, and they they make mistakes or they miss when some place is open or closed or anything like that. So if you have some information, ask. You know, if you're going by someplace, ask. You know, we're we're they're trying to dispatch on the fly and stuff. I know 
Chris Beam, he's good about going, hey, I heard that this place was closed earlier in the week. And, you know, Linda's either said, oh, yeah, you're right, Chris, you know, thanks. Or, you know, Mike Bortz, he's done a good job at that. Dustin, you know, some of the, the veterans that, that have memorized the hours and stuff. Uh, you know, Morton, it's always open at 6 o'clock. I don't think it ever changes, even, even winter hours. But on Saturdays, it doesn't open until 7. It never changes. It's 6 during the week and and seven during the, the on the weekend. So yeah, just everybody pay attention to your dispatches. Make sure you're reading them. They're, they're important. It's like the bamboo announcements. And if you don't know, Saturdays are our biggest hiccup as far as hour changes. You know, JFW has different hours on Saturday, just like the pits have different hours on Saturday, just like your bank has different hours on Saturday. Many of the businesses that you work with have different hours on Saturday. So. Keep that in mind. They may have a different opening time, different closing time, and it's it's been an issue, but you're as much responsible for that as we are to a degree. I mean, you kind of have to think some of those things through, and, and it doesn't hurt to question it. Questions are free. Absolutely. A lot of times, drivers just get used to doing the same thing. They'll be hardwired on something and, you know, get my truck, do my preacher, get my truck, go to Fry. Right. Repeat, 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 and then all of a sudden, well, you're supposed to be a Morton. Yeah. There's, there's also something to be said about problem solving, and I was late on solving my problem yesterday, but there was a big difference between finding an address that had either drive on the address or circle. Mm. And that bogged me down for, you know, 30 minutes trying to figure that out whenever you can't get a hold of the contact. But definitely open yourself up to trying to find out the solution yourself before, you know, you start throwing flares and know panic buttons that's kind of the great thing about the company radio i mean i heard yeah. someone call in this morning on a delivery they were making and wanted to know if they put in the address if it if their gps would take them to the correct location and there was just conversation on the radio about it and it was yep. solved so yeah you know a lot of times unless you're the first truck delivering there ask you got to be careful of gps i oh, mean yeah. it could send you to the wrong place <laughs> yeah. it's the happened wrong to me before yeah, yeah. Why am I in Venezuela? <laughs> yeah, especially with the big trucks, Super Dave, because that unless you're running a trucker's app, yeah. you know, they'll take you down a road that's oh yeah, you know, weight limit road, yeah, weight limit and all that kind of stuff. You can't yeah. even make a corner on it or something. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So Not to you, mention that helps with the war on fuel. Yeah, did, wasn't that in the news when I-70 was closed last summer, how some of these over-the-road guys followed their GPS on, like, mining roads right. to the top of a pass, and they couldn't turn around, and they, they couldn't go forward because the road dwindled down to a go path, you know? Yeah, can you imagine being a 13-6 band trailer going down the canyon, <laughs> right, through all those tunnels? Yeah. That's, that's a bit of a aha uh-huh moment, right? You're thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> Just reminds me of your dad joke. <laughs> Of the guy backing down the road. <laughs> <laughs> the boss didn't know what he was talking about. There was plenty of room to turn around up there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how did you figure it out yesterday, Troy? Oh uh, well, you know, after you know, after trying to get with, you know, some of the veteran drivers here, I put out a, a text message to them. None of them had been to this particular golf course. There was a pin that I got from the customer that. Uh, took me actually you know just talking about the navigation you know you come up to the road and then has you drive across the fairway to get to the shed so that obviously wasn't going to work so he had me uh trying to go off to some other golf course maintenance shop but across parker road is 
Pardera, something like that. It's Pradera. On, Pradera on the other side from Pinery. Mm. And finally, after he decided to answer his phone, he threw me the pin, and it was the address was off of a circle street instead of a drive street. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I do know in the past sometimes the the golf guys don't answer your guys' phones as quick, but sometimes they do with the dispatch. Yeah, if it has the JFW trucking, it yeah. has a business. Yeah, touched. yeah, it helps. So, yeah, just as a tip, don't hesitate to call dispatch if you need to and have them try to get a hold of them. Might save some time and fuel and, you know, money for everybody. Miss yes, Linda, Linda was burning the candle on one end and I was burning it on the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah it I takes mean, a the, team effort, right? The address to every clubhouse or to every golf course is the clubhouse, yeah. right? They don't have the address for the for the uh, maintenance, maintenance Most facility, parts, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a rarity. What I kind of learned to do because I was doing so much work at the golf courses, you know, with the, the fertilizer truck we had, the beautiful thing about the satellite view on your phone, on your maps, you can just kind of scroll around that that golf course mm-hmm. right quick and go oh there's the maintenance area oh look there's two bins there or whatnot you know what i mean and generally at least have a jump on the assumption that's the location yeah. now they could be doing maintenance or work on another spot of the golf course and one it dumped in a street or you know wherever we ran into a lot of that we did a bunch of work up at the ranch country club one year and we're delivering riprap all different locations because that was the closest place to get the material on their course Right was dump at this dead end and dump at this dead end, and they had access to it, you know, with their little golf cart. So, yeah, always, always fun doing deliveries. Yeah, I'm, I enjoy those kind of deliveries. I yeah, enjoy those. Uh, so, something that's been on my heart lately, and we talked about it in the steering committee the other day. But, and you've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. We is messy people. Uh, just life happens here at JFW, good and bad. And um, I don't know what this is going to look like, and we're just kind of throwing it out on a podcast, so maybe we could get ideas from the people that work here. But there's people that struggle, and they don't have anybody to talk to, right? So, Troy, I know you could talk to your wife. I could talk to my wife. The brothers got each other. Super Dave, you got me. You. <laughs> you got my back, Jim. But there's people out there yours. that they don't they don't have anybody to talk to. So what I've been talking about with the brothers and the steering committee, uh, and there's been different ideas going back and forth, but maybe some type of support group or a leadership group or mentorship or I don't really know what it looks like, but if you think that this would help you in any way or that's something you would be interested in, maybe meeting with a group of your peers once a week, I don't know what time or any of the details like that. Shoot me a message. Let me know. But more importantly, if you're not interested in that and you don't feel like you have somebody to talk to, feel free to come to me. I know uh, JR, Scooby, the brothers, Super Dave, Troy, you're a good sounding board. There are people here that will listen and help you. So just throwing it out there to everybody and trying to come up with an idea. And I'm, I'm super excited. And it was weird because I was at home talking to my wife about this and then an email came out on Monday addressing the same topic. So once again, we're all kind of on the same page. What's the next thing to make JFW a better place to work? And I think maybe uh, attacking some mental health issues or having people to talk to could be it. Yeah, yeah, Jim. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. I know on the on the 
podcast sheet here, your out, outline, you know, you have support, leadership, mentorship group, something like that, and kind of what you just mentioned. And I have to bring up, you know, Dennis, uh, you know, just recently lost his mom. And uh, he called me on the phone and, and, you know, talked to me about it. And, and, you know, he talked to me a week later or so and said he was headed back. And I, I said, you know, how you doing? And and he said, good, you know, I, I've, I've gotten through it. And he said, she's in a better place and stuff like that. But, you know, he 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 just needed to ch talk about it, you know, as it was happening and, and afterwards. And I, and I think that's all you're you're trying to explain, Jam, not to, you know, not to overshadow what you said. But I guess if you I need people to talk to sometimes, you know, and I, and I do have my brother to be able to do that. I, I have you guys sitting here at the table, you know, at, at your wedding, Jam, I I talked to. Troy for for an hour standing there, you know, and we had a good conversation. So I, I think that's to make us better. I'm stuck on that word, and you know, like you said, that could be the next step, and that might make us all a little bit better if we just had somebody to chat with you know, about anything. Yeah, yeah. I was doing that just this morning, so it's it's definitely having people that make themselves available to do that. You know, that's that's one thing you putting forth this kind of. Uh, outline to actually give the structure to some kind of mentorship. I think that's I think that's a great way to go. And uh, just having we've got plenty of very decent men and women here that are I I would have no doubt that would open themselves up for that. You know I I always try to keep myself available to those people that I touch. And there is some of that already going on. I know, Troy, you have some people that you're tight with that you talk to. You know, there's probably other little, I'm going to use the word clicks, but drivers that have befriended each other and can talk to each other, you know, but some people don't, you know, and those are the people that I worry about. Right. Yeah. Uh, Troy, since you're here, we might as well get into, we'll call it your interview let's, let's dig deep let's right dig here. deep a little let's bit so just to give us a little bit of, of a background of where you're from tell us a little bit about your career experience troy who are you he's a cowboy that's a that's a box there Pandora <laughs> sponsored man if you go to talking about a chupacabra or something i'm out <laughs> <laughs> never be afraid of the latin paranormal <laughs> but uh the my upbringing, you're welcome. <laughs> the, uh, I started, you know, just like I alluded to with the whole spawning of my nickname, my handle that I have now. I, I grew up on the farm, tractors and trucks and feeding horses and stuff like that. And that naturally evolved, which is sometimes unfortunate, much to where my mother would tell me the same thing, to get away from all that and to try and be better, try and be white collar, try and be this, whatever. Uh, but after a stint in the Navy, and then uh, just before I had gotten my permit to drive trucks, and I've had my CDL since 1992. And uh, I think that's right, yeah, 1992. Um, I d spent a lot of time driving, but a lot of bed bugging, a lot of Western region, truck driving, truck stops, a lot of, a lot of mover stuff for about the first 15 years. Then uh, started getting into dispatching and then backed out of that, went 
went back over to uh, getting into beverage distribution, grocery distribution. Heck, I've hauled milk, I've hauled fuel, just lots of trucking. Would always get the nagging in my brain to start going for management. Did a lot of management and some freight docks, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, planning of routes and a lot of, a lot of all that. And my, my crown jewel of my employment career, I thought, was Coors. Spent about six years there. Uh, Loved running downtown, loved throwing kegs at these bars downtown. It was, it was definitely a point of pride. Then got hit with an injury, went into sales, was loving that, getting successful at that. And then just with the legalization of pot and the full strength beer that went into the grocery stores, um, that pretty much took the knack away from trying to sell somebody something to where you just become an order taker and that that took the bloom off the rose i came i came here to jfw with much trepidation i didn't want to leave coors and uh it took a it took a while to to get off of that and super dave and jam put me through the test on that <laughs> we're gonna talk about super that. super david oh i'm gonna hit, beat you to the punch on it is all i'm doing but <laughs> super david made me the job offer and i could tell that he was disappointed that i wasn't gonna take it right there that i was like yeah because he's like you know i know that super dave takes pride in the fact that you know if you offer the job right there it should be like boom take it so you were offered the job at the table Refresh. i was okay that's I was. Rare. That's rare. We try not to do that. I was offered the job at the table. I know. I know that you guys take pride in that. You know, you're gonna sit there and screen them a little bit longer first. But I said no. Give me a day. Give me a day. Maybe two. And they thought that I was lukewarm about it. I didn't want to leave Coors. I thought. I thought Coors was outstanding. And they probably still are. But <laughs> Jam called me up and he's. He said, you know. Troy, we're, it's obviously you're not interested. We'll, we'll just call this good, you know, when, you know, job offers withdrawn. And, uh, you know, I was like, no, screw that. Did <laughs> <laughs> jam that. hurt your feelings right off the bat? You know, you know, because then I'm like, well, I'm not in the one in control of denial right there. <laughs> and I had these other job offers out there, but none of them, none of them were attractive as this, I just needed to get over that and just make the jump to come to here because I, I don't want to go anywhere else. You know, I'm not that young anymore. I have to, I had to make a decision. It was a damn good decision to come to here. It was a damn good decision. It turned out to be very good. Seeing the trucks, seeing the pride, seeing, you know, seeing the, the, uh, the nativism that's that's here. I love that it's a Colorado company. Love that, you know, it's a strong American family valued company. So that's uh, that's what drew me here in the first place. You did beat us to the punch, but we have a little bit different version. Of course, <laughs> of course you do. But you're you're pretty accurate. I, you know, Dave offered you the job, and I think we waited more than three days. You yeah. know, it might have been more than two. it, was it like, might have been. It was over a week, I'm pretty sure, but. You know, Super Dave and I were talking, and it's we want we want to be people's first choice. 
You know, we don't want to be like, oh, well, I'm thinking I'd rather go here and then they don't get the job and then they come to us. We want to be your first choice. And, you know, we made the decision that we're not your first choice. So, yeah, but the, the amazing part of that story is like the very next day I'm going through applications and Troy filled out another application, <laughs> <laughs> yep. which was a which was a really good play on your part. And I think it was pretty much a no-brainer. Did we bring you in again to talk to you some more? Or? No, no. Okay. I just yeah. took it and onboarded soon after. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Good that, stuff. Honestly, that was kind of unique. Once we took the job offer off the table, you filled out another application. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before. Well, I just remember you two talking about this Coors guy, this Coors guy, <laughs> yeah. this Coors guy. I don't know if he's going to take the job. The, blah, the blah, salesman. Blah. Yeah. It's like, I, where, I'd come into work. Where are we at on this Coors guy? <laughs> so coming over here, Troy, what are, what are some of the things that JFW does right? Uh, I... I think I've mentioned it, you know, in this room and other rooms and out on the road many times is that uh, you can't find a company that makes more of an effort to try to be better. There's with company, with employee engagement, with, uh, with uh, making drivers happy and the, the trucks and the, uh, you know, always trying to do cutting edge benefits, always trying to do, you know, great pay, always, you're hard pressed to find it out there. I, I did a lot of, you know, employment cruising in my life, you know, before I started getting some longevity at places. And especially in this market in these days, it's, uh, it's hard to find, especially, especially like that. It's, that's the reason why JFW is the cut. You're coming up on what, four years? Yeah, coming up on four. October? October 14th. Wow, that's a good guess. Yes. Huh. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I was just trying to look that up on Bamboo, and you, on our mobile app, you can't look that up. <laughs> yeah, I usually, I usually throw that on when we yeah. have a guest, how long somebody's been here. I just know he started shortly after me, so I did some quick math. But, yeah, it's been a good four years. Well, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. yes yeah. it has. Good stuff. What's some of your points of frustration with JFW? The, uh, some of the frustration is, you know, stuff that, you know, I know you brothers work on all the time. You, you know, I would, it's frustrating not having a wash bay. I can tell you that. <laughs> over, over, over at the, at the West, West Yard. Yard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, we uh, have a washer now. Um, you know, I, I've heard, uh, I've heard <laughs> there's some rumor about a hot seat somewhere, but I, I think that's like a mythical unicorn. Well, it was mythical because I think the first week we moved it over there, it blew up. So then it took two more weeks to have it fixed. Just so you guys know, uh, gentlemen walked in. So do we not have the mobile washer over there anymore? We do. We do. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, it fi- and it finally got fixed, I think. Gotcha. So a guy came in yesterday. You know, wanted to know who washes our truck, and I let him know we had the wash bay. But I did tell him about the West Yard. I took his information just because I don't know if we're happy with our current service. So I thought maybe somebody sure. would want to talk to him. I don't know if that's sure. bad or... You know. you know, some of the things that... I mean, number one, 100% agree, Troy. <laughs> Absolutely no doubt. You know, we know that the trucks at this yard look better than the trucks at that yard, yep. right? I mean, hands down. 
Yep. We're getting a, a blow-and-go scenario over there. They show up one day a week, blast off these 12 trucks or 14 trucks, whatever it is, mm-hmm. show up the next Sunday, blast off those 12 trucks, which is, you know, the truck wash every two weeks, right? I wish it could be more. That's pretty much what it averages here, but a much stellar job here than over there. Uh, along with that, because it's outside, there's a whole nother element added to that with the weather, right? So if if it's a snow day on Sunday and it's not going to be above freezing, nobody gets washed. Nothing gets washed, right? Yeah. So then you're put off another week, and the grime is built up more. And yeah, I mean, there's there is a lot that parlays into that. And I mean, we've talked. I personally have talked, you know, several times with the with the company over there. And I mean, it's it's kind of at the point where it kind of is what it is. I mean, I, I wish it could be better, and it's. It's finding a company that wants to do the same job we do here during the week, that wants to show up on Sunday, can find a crew of people willing to do that. <laughs> right. You, right. You know what I mean? And, and it's never and, enough money to pay those guys to do it on right, a Sunday. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot that it's like everything else we talk about in here. There's more to it than just spraying off the truck, right? Mm. Anybody can take a hose to the truck, you know. So yeah, I agree with you. Point of frustration. You know, that's one of the things that we talk about, you know, our, our goal to be under one roof. You know, and and our goal is to have two wash bays, you know, and possibly one of them be a pull through. So, hey, when you drive through that storm all day in the mag chloride, you can at least blow through and blow the the mag off of the truck, right? Uh And go park and, you know, let your doors freeze closed overnight and (laughs) not be able to get a key in the door and, you know, roll down a window till 11 a.m. because the windows are frozen and then we've broken a motor. And, you know, I... Not that I know anything about any of that stuff. No, no, We've ever had that happen. Never. You know, where our wash bay, WD-40, is the door jam (laughs) and the seal around it, right? And they wipe down the windows so the water doesn't freeze to it. And, Uh, you know, they... What they do out there is amazing compared to what we're getting at the West Yard. So uh, I wish I could fix that now, Troy. There's so many things that if we could just snap our fingers and boof, it'd be fixed. It would be. There's, again, terrible words. There's more to it than that. Of course. Of course there is. And I, yeah, I I know that, aware of that. Love to see us underneath a one roof that because that in and of itself. But, you know. Another shout-out, a belayed shout-out, if you will, but just the West Yard and the West Yard guys and Pat over there. Just, I mean, we've got a tight, we've got a tight ship over there. We take care of each other really good, and Pat takes care of us. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all a good thing, but it would be so much nicer to be under one roof. And that's, oh, my gosh. That's my only recorded, like, you know, kind of frustration that I could put out there. I mean, anything else would be secondary. I don't have. A major gripe. Back, back to that thing a little bit, Troy. We could be better. Put us yeah. under one roof, it would make us better. You know, we could have two wash bays. You know, you guys, when you speak about being over there, we call it that you guys are over there on your island all by yourself, you know, and Pat's trying to get information from us. You guys are, you know, over there getting your truck started. It's not it's not like here. And and you guys do a great job. So good good stuff, but it could be better. Yeah, big big shout out to Leroy. Too. Leroy is yeah. Leroy's the he's the money. Yeah, especially since we, I think I can joke, joke with Leroy about it. He just really doesn't like the dark either. He doesn't like the dark or the cold. <laughs> and, and, and when it's dark over there, it's dark over there. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a little scary for anybody, you know. So yeah, 
Hence the chupacabras. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, Show me some red glowing eyes over there. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put in for a transfer to the back over here to yeah. the main. For Let, sure. Don't sweat the homeless. Yeah. Don't don't listen to this one, Leroy. <laughs> and the dead body in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a floater. <laughs> that was nothing. That one's not going to hurt you. <laughs> that wouldn't be funny if it just wasn't true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Troy, how long were you here before Super Dave approached you about becoming a trainer? I believe I was here for a good six to nine months. Six to nine months before I was approached to be a trainer. So not very long. Not very long. Okay. We did look up some some stats and things like that. Pretty impressive. You have trained 25 people to yes, become JFW drivers. What is your goal as a trainer? Um, my goal as a trainer is to first immediately immerse them into the culture and everything that we're about. Like my truck being in the wash bay right from the get, that it's clean and that it's, you know, what's expected right from, right from the get. Mm. You know, also to, uh, to get them, you know, introduced right away. I like to get all of you introduced right away before before we even start and then we just take time in that first week that evolves in that first week into the JFW way of doing things and also what's key and important to that is that not only to have me as a resource but that I introduce them to the rest of the family and the rest of the drivers that we have around here that uh that help facilitate that growth too, to where they know that they're not alone, that it's not just, you know, a bunch of top gun homeboys that just stick to their own type of thing, which we don't have here. And just to get them to where they, get them to where they can know that JFW is gonna be a good spot for them to land. Then the second week mostly starts into, unless I had to, start from scratch and build them, you know, building them, you know, how to drive a transmission, how to, you know, those kind of things, how to even, you know, get up and down these hills and stuff like that, then it becomes prolonged. But for the most part, the second week is uh, dedicated to how to make money, how to, uh, what's the standard, because basically that's what these guys worry about, a lot of them worry about making money a lot of them worry about the percentage a lot of them want to know how they can do it well that's when we get into being that first load up at fries that's the one that's where we get to you know taking that last load at the end of the day that's you know it's it's to automatically reinforce as well as you know all the benefits that we do you know even though i'd love to talk about our christmas parties and the double slices of prime rib and stuff that we get at christmas parties <laughs> that, that would be nice to also have again that's also a frustration but never mind on that i don't want to i don't want to get anything started on that but you know the uh you have to what i try to do is get them engaged what i've had the benefit of having is the drivers especially the ones that i look at now None of the, none of these drivers I had to build. I was pretty lucky, for the most part, and uh, especially the the ones that I see that are still here now. They came with, they came with skills. They came with 
you know, stuff in their toolbox already that would get them down the road. You know, it's some of them, you know, like you look at the other 40% that have left that were excellent here. That's, that's where I try to parse who, who and how and why they left. Right. That's, that's where I try to find out that. So the one thing I notice that you do different than the other trainers or that's brought to my attention is you always want to know how your trainees or your pigeons or your, at that point your eaglets yes. are doing, yes. right? Um, I don't get that feedback from any other trainers. You call me, hey, where is you know, so-and-so on the production list or have you had problems with this guy or what's going on? You like to keep your finger on the pulse of what happens to your trainee after training. Yes. Right? I've never had another trainer come up to me and be like, what's my retention rate on my trainees? People don't think about that. And I think that's super important that after training, you are the you are the JFW ambassador to your trainees. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happens once you cut them loose is super important. I think a lot of trainers, you know, don't do that. I think other trainers still keep in touch, and we have people say, you know, if I have a problem, I'm going to my trainer. I'll go to my trainer. Fernando was just up here the other day. We asked her, if you have a problem, who do you go to? Well, I still call Jimmy, yeah. right? So, great. There's still that open line of communication, but I don't know if other trainers are worried about their retention rate. So that's, that's important to you, and we want to know why you care about that so much. Because that's... <sighs> That's a barometer of the engagement that you have. You're able to, because whenever, you know, I try to stay with them because what we want to do, we want to try and keep these guys here. And if they show, if we show that we care about how they're doing and where they're going um, and how they get there, you know, then it's a, then it's a win-win because not only do we have to, you know, I don't have to train so much or the trainers don't have to train so much. But then, you know, we can get, you know, it helps the house. We don't have to spend so much money on training and, you know, everything that we've talked about around this table. And for myself, it, I feel that I'm a good facilitator of the JFW culture. And I want to, I want to make sure that, uh, that I'm available and open. One of our drivers, one of one of our drivers that we have right now that uh, shall remain nameless. I always get on him for. Why don't you call me before this problem happens? Why don't you? I, it's been probably five or six times, and you know exactly who I'm talking to, by the way. But funny how that happens. Huh? <laughs> I, think, I think that was just a touch of Troy's soapbox. Right. He about, right. He was yes. about to, I see know. some passion. I'm going to take nine guesses and I better figure it out. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's funny, Troy, as you, as you talk, I hope not interrupting you here, but when you gave your introduction about your your career experience, you know, and you, the farm and the tractors and the, you got your license and all the trucking you've done and, and then your, your stint at Coors and then ended up in selling, you know, I picture you here doing both your passions, okay? So you're driving, you've always enjoyed that. You're, you're onboarding, you're training and everything out. You're selling, 
You're selling JFW to your your trainees, to your pigeons, to your eaglets, and and the thing is, is and when they call you back, you're taking their reorder. You know, they're 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 getting their business that checks and, out, and they're and they're placing their new order with you on on what's going on, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's outstanding, Troy. I just I, I can relate to you finding a way to use both your passions here, and I, I applaud you for that. Thank you, thank you for that. One uh, one origin thing about pigeons, just in case the <laughs> pigeons want to know, is that <laughs> whenever I'd uh, I'd call up Jam, and Jam would always be trying to press me to do better. Whenever I first started here and stuff like that, and whenever what you know, I'd, be, I, I'd say, "Well, how about this week? How does it look this week?" And he'd always give me like a picture of a pigeon that got killed <laughs> by getting smashed in a window. Some meme, some meme like that. And you know, because whenever he asked me to first, you know, step up in line and be amongst the ones that are counted, you know, those are the eagles. Those are the yeah. eagles around here. Are you ready to fly like the eagles? He would say. I'd be like. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to fly like the eagle. <laughs> you know, and it's funny when you mention pigeons because everybody's like, oh, dirty bunch of pigeons and all that kind of stuff. But they're the, the smartest, one of the smartest birds. Yeah. You know, the, the carrier pigeons that were used in all, you know, most of the wars, stuff like that. You know, I mean, Jam, you know a little more about birds. I know parrots and pigeons, but yeah, there's there's no, not that I'm comparing your parrot with a pigeon. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't think it's a parody. Here's, here's what I know about pigeons. They're not used as a logo for anything. <laughs> there's a killer dad joke. But it's true. Yeah, now, now I do recall, I forgot about the pigeons, but I used to tell Troy, like, you know, you ready to fly with the eagles you know and i think that was part of the interview process yeah, it was and then he'd ask how i'm doing and i'd send him a picture <laughs> of a pigeon yeah <laughs> so when when your trainees graduate they become eaglets yes yes they become eaglets that's awesome troy i have a question for you because our our whole goal you know we meet as a team the, our leadership team and uh, prior to the beginning of the year our whole goal for 2022 is retention We've tried to make changes every year to, to increase our retention. We went through numbers last year. We lose 50% of our new hires in the first 30 days. We lose an additional 25% in the next 60 days. So in the first 90, we're losing 75% of the people we hire. So we went out and we tried to do a survey. We tried to get tried to get actual information from them, you know, and everybody has a different answer, you know, and there was not one common theme. You know, one of the things we stepped up with at the first of the year, our million dollar promise, you know, we've added a million dollars. We took a million dollars and spread it across every employee's income base this year. Thank you for that. And you're welcome. Yeah, much deserving. I mean, if we could, if we had more to give more, we would for sure. So I guess with that, do you have any suggestions that could make us better on that front? I mean, I think we're seeing an impact this year already. But as you know, I mean, I just saw some statistics. You know the driver shortage. I just saw some statistics just earlier this week. Now they're saying we're going to be short eighty to 100,000 drivers this year mm-hmm. alone. And that, that number is only going to increase. Yeah. You know, there's more people that are just content living in their parents' basements, right? They work part-time at some store and they make, you know, $12,000 a year and they're fine. They can buy clothes and coffee and they, they're good to go in their parents' basement. 
a lot of people don't have that that value of you know just being a player in society i guess you know and this is a hard job to do but it doesn't seem that hard there's long hours but you know we've been going through this year just some of the other changes that we've made we're meeting meaning myself brother jim super dave and jam we're meeting with every new employee that we hire we started several weeks ago what we're trying to do is get that narrowed down to at the end of their two weeks they finish their training they've been tested with jr or scooby on everything that they've learned educated about the truck we're giving them a survey now that has like 15 or 20 questions on it we've only done two of them so far and then when we sit down with them we ask them what we could do better we ask them how they like it we ask them you know is this something you're engaged but one of the things that that I try and drive home that is very difficult about this job is if you come from another industry and I'll, I'll use the beer for example I, I think it I'm assuming it will be as true as the analogy I usually use is, use is someone from like Cisco Foods but you guys work year-round if True. you're in the middle of a snowstorm and we're going to get 10 inches of snow that day, you're still going out. You're delivering beer, you're delivering food, right? Where yep. we basically we shut down, right? That kills us financially, but in a sense, it sure takes a lot of pressure off of you not being on the road or not having to deliver or not having to fight those conditions. Mm-hmm. So pros and cons to it. Then on the other hand, we have people that come in here and they hire on in July or August or June or what you know during the middle of our heaviest season, mm-hmm. and they're pushing seventy hours a week, and they're like, "Oh my God, I can't work here." I, they've switched to the other end of the spectrum. I can't work that many hours versus when they hire on in the winter. I'm not getting enough hours. I'm not making any money. And this is a job when you when you come here, you really need to commit for a year, you know. So when we go back and we investigate those numbers, we have the question of why, what can we do better? So. Do you have a suggestion? I, I know I've thrown a lot out there. You know, I, I think it's going to be more than a wash bay at the West Yard. <laughs> right, right, right. It, well, I don't know. That would do a lot, Dave. <laughs> but uh, first off, the it has to be recognized uh, that JFW has, you know, we've got some great benefits. But the, and I was touching upon this with Jam the other day, the, the benefits that we have are pretty damn good all the way overall. Sure, we would love to have cheaper insurance, but wouldn't every single American at this point. But the... Uh, I have to jump in there, Troy. Is that insurance for you or insurance for your family? Right, right. Uh, family insurance, you know, everything just involving everything. You know, it would be, yeah. The, the insurance that I have to pay for, of course, is it's excellent. It's top of the line. You know, seven bucks. Per paycheck. I mean, that's that's really good. You get a family involved, and yeah, it becomes cumbersome. And I know that you guys sweat it out each year whenever it comes time to, you know, have the insurance company say, well, we'll only raise it, you know, a couple more $10,000 in the next two years, you know, even though I, I get the frustration of that. But, yeah, yeah, you know. I just, I want to throw out, I heard a statistic the other day on, on TV, and I don't want to sidetrack you here, that 90% of Americans have health insurance but we're like those those people that are covered by insurance are like 1.2 billion dollars of medical bills and yet we have 90 percent of them that have insurance so that's how terrible insurance really is even if you have it yeah and that's just 
that's just disgusting. It so is not, disgusting. Yeah, not not it to is. interrupt you. Please, please go on. But yeah, and yeah, we we tried to make some changes this year because every year our insurance agent, you, you've heard the podcast, yeah. and I, you know, you've touched. Uh, you're the tip of the spear on my my feelings on health insurance. Feels like I we pulled a string on a chatty Kathy doll we, here in a we second. We need it. And we've required it. <laughs> We're required to provide it, right? But it's a scam, you know, it, it, and it's hurting the it American is. person. And I guess what I'm leading up to is we tried to make some changes this year because our agent shows up and they're like, you know, across the board, insurance went up 8%. We're, we're so thrilled you're only getting an 8% increase, you know, and Jim and I are like, oh, 8% doesn't do too bad. And then I pull out the calculator and I do it and it's like a $68,000 a year increase. And I'm like, oh my God, we, we can't afford that. We can't take that on, you know, and not push some of those costs onto you. So this year, what we, what we really tried to do is because we went back and we looked at how many people used our insurance, right? We insured almost, I think, 100 people, well, over 100 people. A little over, yeah. I'm just talking 100 employees. Then there was also the addition of their family members or whatnot. So I don't know the exact number that were insured, but of our own employees, we ins- we paid for insurance for over 100. So what we were able to do this year, because you talk about that, the cost to you to add your family, your spouse, your kids, your whatever, you know, how that had gone up. We were actually able to raise our deductible and lower your monthly cost on that. And we, we had to out let the good outweigh the bad and what i mean by that is we went through and looked at the people that used the insurance versus that didn't and thought well wait a minute we're saving 80 people a lot of money per month and only truly causing some 20 others to pay a little more right so Uh, it's it's the way to the few right versus the way to the many and those are the decisions we're faced with and it's it's a sickening decision, Troy. It, it's painful. It hurts. Yeah, it, it hurt my family this year. I should have had my surgery last year. It sucks too, Jim, because you know one of the things, and, and again, this. so here's, here's an analogy. This is how we try and justify it, right? You really can't go in and have anything major done. If you're in an accident on your way home tonight in your personal car and you're in the hospital, that other person doesn't have insurance and you throw it on our health insurance or whatever. However it happens, you're at home, cut off a finger, whatever, Troy. You spend a day in the hospital, it's a hundred grand. So if you have an $8,000 deductible, you're like, I can swing that compared to a $100,000 bill. But so many people don't see that. Right. You, you know, and those are, that's our, that's our direction. You know, you, you, you know, here's, here's the other analogy, Jam. You almost have to start getting smart about how you do anything health-wise, you have to look like it. You have to look at it as a business decision, right? Well, you know, I've, yeah. I, my hip has been bothering me, and if I have to get my hip replaced, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do something else. And I'm going to get everything done before the end of the year because that right. way I only pay one deductible, right? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and hospitals are business. I mean, come the end of the year, from like November on, I have so many friends that are in the health industry. They're like, we're slammed from. October 1st to the end of the year because everybody's got to close out their books. They know they're going to have to redo that deductible. And it it just sucks, man. It It does. It does. And I'm absolutely looking, okay, what else do I need to have done this year? And what else don't I need to do? Because I might do that too. Right. Because (laughs) at this point, I don't want to say it's free, Jam, but you paid. Right. Right. You've paid, man. If you have anything that's a hiccup, you need to go. You know, and and again, there on the other hand, you know, if you just need a physical or you need blood work, it's free. Right. Right. Anything proactive maintenance is is free. So, man, it's tough. It's a racket. Can you tell you started something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
you're welcome. Uh. <laughs> and I do thank you because there, there's just so much to it, you know. And I, I bring it up. You know, I, I feel like Ricky will never ask another question again to, to our board. But what what he brought up about the, you know, providing work boots for the shop guys. Well, just like Jim said, that's not a, okay, that sounds great. Well, do you want high tops? Do you want low mm-hmm. tops? Do you need steel toe? Do you need regular? Do you want leather? Do you want fiber? Do you want, you know what I mean? There's no easy. Do you want lace up? Do you want Velcro? Do you want, there's just not one freaking decision. What's right? the upper boot? Yeah. <laughs> Vel- Velcro yeah. work boots. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I could picture some silver moon boots out there, man. What are you talking about? Uh, steel toed flip flops. <laughs> uh, don't mention those Mikey Labo. <laughs> So, sorry, we interrupted you, Troy. Yeah. No, no, no. Finish it's your thought, man. About <laughs> yeah, I know, the retention. I know insu- I'll go back to the retention. And, yeah, insurance and is part of it. It's a big insurance one. is definitely part of it. And the the PTO program that we have, one thing that makes us a cut above is that okay. So we got all these companies out here, and you know, even though they're not not CDL companies, but uh, you know, these lacks, you know, whether they have to take a drug test or you know, lacks background checks, where you know, we're up to we're up to snuff on all of that. But in order to tap into the best that JFW has to offer you, you have to be the best yourself. And already the the bar that JFW sets in order to be able to take advantage of or better way of saying it, to earn everything that you're able to do here, you have to be a cut above. You have to be a cut above to get to get that to be here every day to be here every day on time you know yeah all that you know but but is that not just doing your job though it it is it is i mean it's not it's you look at society today though jim seriously yeah it is if you compare it to society it is a cut above yeah but it used to be just doing your job it used to be and there's you know with it is it is up to jfw to bring about in this world, <laughs> just to, just to you know put a little weight on your load, <laughs> you know, to where you know you're going to be able to facilitate the next, you know these generations of drivers that are here now, you know to have that expectations to where those expectations weren't there before, and you know we got a lot of hard working drivers in this company. We do. Uh, we do. We have some amazing drivers. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I've considered People. myself a standard bearer, but I was just telling. A driver this morning that you know if if I falter there's 20 other guys that are hungrier that are just as hungry as I am and they'll they'll be glad to slide right in and and they just they're just machines you know mm-hmm. they're just machines that come here but as I digress one more time uh, keeping the guys that we have it's gonna have to come with just making sure that we communicate and, you know, having involvement, everything that we can do to, um, you know, bringing, I've always been a proponent of never short, shorten out on the recognition, even though the benefits is great. That's great that we have benefits and we always strive to have better benefits here. Always strive to, I think an appreciation recognition component and you guys already know where i'm at on this is that you know the top 20 percent. i think that i think that still needs to be there was a lot of questions that were raised up whenever we had the top 20 percent every year before because you know we had various other uh 
techniques that you could use to get to that top 20%, you know, for guys hauling whatever they wanted down the road and whatever road that they decided to take. But I think that there's enough, there's enough guardrails now and people that you have also allowed yourself to be surrounded with that can watch that and to be your built-in guardrails. You have people already here that can take up those things. Just like the Commitment to Excellence Award. I think that, you know, I could go, I could go ball caps and pins and, you know, we've, we've discussed these things. Um, the engagement with the Truck Driving Championship. You know, the best thing that you'd like to have right in the middle of the heat of summer, you know, the peak season of summer, is to try to be worried about prepping for a Truck Driving Championship. Which, whatever. by the way, is coming. Which is coming. Yeah. And everybody get in. But, which I still would rather have our own. Right. I don't think we need to go somewhere else. We should just have our own. But that's that's a whole other story. That having a JFW truck pull up at that TDC <laughs> is going to be amazing. Jesse, get I, your truck ready. I know a guy. I know a guy that says he's put together truck rodeos. I know. I've heard this many times. I well, hey, there's there's <laughs> halls to be made, and yes, yes, we could, and yes, we should. Just tell me when. I mean, October. <laughs> That's what I. That's why I like to tell my guys also is that you know this is the time to make money right now. This is that you know it's coming on right now, and I tell them you know I just kissed my wife goodbye and that told my son that we'll have Halloween together, you know. But that's that's the thing that we have to do in order to keep these guys engaged is that they have to know that these times that granted they're sitting there starving right now, but they need to keep the light on to the fact that they are going to be money is going to be just flowing and you're going to be worried about having a day off. That's the one year commitment, Troy, that yeah. I was talking about. I'm kind of going to kind of back up a little bit because you, 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 you kind of struck on something when I was talking about retention and what I kind of gather from your, your comments are we almost need to start with a better person, a higher caliber driver to begin with rather than some that maybe can't make that stretch. And one of the things that I brought up because it, in our eyes, sometimes it seems easy to su succeed here, or what what we assume is easy to succeed. And I've ran into this many times. And here's a list of ten things you can do at work that requires zero talent. Oh yeah, right. And and it. you know, number one, being on time. Right. JFW rewards you for that yep. being on time. And it's not difficult. We're, we give an hour buffer. Right. For yep. the most part. Right. Number two. But I was only two minutes late. <laughs> I love that. Don't yeah. you, Jim? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Wait a minute. An hour and two minutes late. Right. Right? Yeah. It depends how you want to look at that. So yep. uh, number two is work ethic. You just have to show up and work. You just, just do your job, right? Not You don't need any extra talent to work. Effort. Honestly, this is basically the same as ethic, right? It's, it's the same difference. Body language. No effort for body language. You can either be come across as happy to be here and go do your work or, or be disgruntled. You know, we, we were just talking about a guy that's a, uh, works the parts counter over at Rush, right? I mean, we, we buy just a few parts from Rush Peterson over couple. there. This guy's been there, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Yeah, a long time. Chris in our shop, he was like, man, that guy was working the counter and he's, he just is the most angry human being I've ever met or come across. And I'm like, I get it, Chris. Relax you know, your and, face. Yeah, and he's he's the one out there 
that we have to go deal with to get our parts, that's, that's kind of a bummer. So, you know, body language, energy kind of goes along with body language, right? You can, they say it takes, what is it? I'm going to screw up the numbers here, but like a hundred muscles to, to frown and two to smile. Right. You know, pretty, pretty easy to just sit there and smile, right? Attitude, of course, number six. Passion, number seven. Something we talk about a lot here, just being coachable. That's one of the things that we've used our cameras for when we have an incident or, or a close call or a call in or something like that. We've learned when you show that video to that person, it's kind of an aha wow moment. Like, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea that's how it really looked. And when you see that, it's, it's, it's pretty, I've had that moment. pretty impelling, right? I mean, yeah. you, compelling. I mean, you, you definitely have that aha moment and it makes you think about it twice, right? So uh, doing extra, this falls under work ethic and passion. Where does your job start and end? Knowing how much difference a little extra makes can change people's perception of you. And then the last one, this should just have Super Dave written above it. I mean, it's just his quote every day. Be prepared. Right? We talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Be sure your truck is prepared. That goes back to post-trip, pre-trip, all of that stuff. So these are things that <laughs> you don't need any extra skill to do, but we run into people that have struggled with that. And, and kind of what I'm getting at from you a bit, Troy, is maybe we need to raise that bar and try and locate that that person but i think we're we're doing everything i can't say we're doing everything in our power but we continue to try and improve Mm -hmm. everything around us to make it better so we are better because we're only as good as our people i know that super does that super tries to make sure that he gets the wheat from the shaft you know absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely and when it whenever i started you know after jam started hitting me up about retention rates and stuff like that among who i'm with you know about 35 percent is the retention rate that I have, that's pretty much in line with what we have going on here as a company. Yeah. I think that's just going to be the natural progression of things and that the trick is to be able to keep the engagement of uh, the younger of the younger drivers that we bring in. Well, we, when we talk about the engagement, not to interrupt you, Troy, 50% of those people we hire, we lose in 30 days. How did we miss the engagement there? What are we missing? That's the reason we stepped up after we learned that. That's the reason we're trying to meet with that person after two weeks. They spent two weeks training. They were tested through the test program with JR or Scooby. And then what we're doing is to sit and meet with them and see see how that went. How's how the training went. Do we do exit interviews? Not very often. A lot of times. It's pretty spontaneous. It's like that yeah, day I quit. Right. I'm done. But we didn't do one with, with Matt. He, he gave yeah. plenty. There's guys that give plenty of notice, but Matt's moving out of state. You know, we know we know Matt's feelings about JFW. He's texted a few of us, and I think Super yeah. Dave, you were in contact with them. And, it's so you funny know. you bring him up, Jim. I just texted him like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I thought this Friday was his last day You know, uh, before he moved, and you know. I didn't know it was last Friday, so I just texted him. Thanks for... For the great job he did for JFW here. Yeah, he, was, I mean, he was a stellar dude. Two of your pigeons that have problems with attendance, right? Do we really need to do an exit interview with those no. two guys? You know, no. like they they could have been rock stars. They just can't come to work on time. And that shouldn't, that's no reflection of JFW or no. your personal retention rate. No, those, those, bottom, those bottom 25% that I don't yeah. account for those. You never worry about the the ones that don't want it. 
you, right. yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah, just right. didn't. Yeah, yeah. But at their interview, they do, Troy, and we talk about this a lot. That at that interview, <laughs> Jam can clarify here for me because I love to massacre his his quotes <laughs> and sayings. But we get the best representative of that person. Yeah, we I don't. Just, truly, I was just getting ready to say that we don't truly get that person all the time. Yeah, you know, and I think the people that are success stories here, they're that person because that's just who they are. You know, and right. and we have. Again, I mean, it's an endless list of rock stars here, you know, and we are we are thankful for that. I mean, they are truly rock stars. That's what, you know, Jim and I talk about that all the time. Like, what keeps you coming back to work? What keeps you motivated? The rock stars. I mean, we have a, an obligation to come here and make it a better place. We've convinced them this is a better place. Now we need to show them and we need to provide it to them and we need to continue to offer that to them, right? So... Yeah. Another thing that I do that I try to make sure that I do with uh, my trainees is because they want, because they want to get out there and you know they want to prove themselves. They want to show everybody that they're, you know, that they're ready to go. That they want to make this a success. Is that the, you know, one of the number one things that you can do is to make sure that you avail yourself to your excellence with dispatch. Because dispatch can see everything. They, they, they know Miss Linda is, you know, she's a sage. And Randy, Paula, and Dale are, you know, everybody is attuned to not only our customers, but also the drivers. And that they have to, they have to make those turns. They have to make those, uh, they have to stay busy. You can't, you know, brush off your mud flaps for 45 minutes. You have to, you have to be part of the story of your own success that's that's a huge key in trying to get further in what you get assigned to each and every day i think the direct phrase you're looking for is do your job yes (laughs) Yes. how we trained you and you'll be successful around yes right come to work the rest falls in line bill belichick is here (laughs) in the room how's everybody doing at time jim i see you keep checking your you yeah, got it. yeah I, I have an appointment at 9, and I mean, everybody listens at 855 here. So um, I'll probably have to bug out, and, and you, you guys finish. Do you want to give us your final thoughts? Yeah, yeah you, it's, you know, it, it fits in with everything we <laughs> talked about. I talked about the, the shopping carts last week and, and kind of what Troy was saying, and Dave, you know, do your job and all the other stuff. So um, this one comes from my daughter. She had, and I've talked a lot about her, my oldest daughter. She's a nurse. And she had one of the older nurses on the unit with her, talking with her and stuff. And one of the, the older nurse loves to look at everybody and goes, you know, there are sitters and there are getters. The getters always get it done and the sitters just sit. Mm. So like to leave you all with that. Don't, yeah. don't be a sitter, be a getter. It's going to help you out. So thanks everybody for, the, for listening and we'll catch you guys all next week. Have a great week. Thanks, catch you Jim. on the flip-flop. Soup, you good on time? I just got a text from my guy. He's running five to ten minutes late. Was he supposed to be here at nine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, man, I feel like we should <laughs> move on to the high road hauler so we don't miss yeah. out on that. Yeah, I totally agree. And then we could go from there. Okay. Well, you know what's funny? Um, this week's high road hauling, and I just put it together yesterday. I saw a story on the internet, but man, does it... Uh, parallel what we've been talking about here. It's uncanny how that comes together. Love it. Um, 
So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how the test always comes before the merit. We must never overlook the value of the test itself. Um, and this is a story that I think highlights and, and illustrates the, the point really well. It was my senior year and I was pitching against the number three team in the country. The first batter of the game was making my life difficult. He fouled off a pitch and then another and another. And I, I threw a ball outside hoping he would bite on it, but he didn't. Ball one. I tried again. Ball two. Then another foul ball. After what seemed like 10 minutes, we had battled back and forth to a full count. I think what I miss the most about playing baseball, I think about this very moment. I think about the struggle back and forth. I think about the chance to compete against someone else. I think about the mental clarity and that rare feeling of being in the moment, not just living through it, but actually living in it. There were thousands of moments like this during my baseball career. Many times I lost the struggle. This time I won. The batter struck out on the next pitch, which was a fastball low and away. A few hours later, we had pulled off the win and I had finished one of the best performances of my career. But it wasn't the win that made it worthwhile. It was the moment of struggle. Gradually, I've begun to see that these moments are all around us every day. The problem is the world tells us that we should be focused on the results. Society seems so obsessed with appearing to be a success that it has become dangerously easy to let the moments of struggle slip by without appreciation. The world says that we should focus on hitting our sales targets or losing that extra weight or on building a successful business or accomplishing XYZ results so that we can be praised for the achievement. But the real reward is found in the moments that come on the way to those results. It's not the results themselves that make anything worthwhile. It's the fight that comes before them that gives our experiences meaning. It is the process that makes the product worth remembering. So remember this, you can't win the Super Bowl without playing 17 regular season games and winning every playoff game. The win wouldn't mean anything without the struggle. Ah, that's that. that's the journey, not the destination, right, Absolutely. Dave? I mean, so many times you see that or hear that, and it that's truly where we're at, it really right? Is. Yep. Yeah. By the way, I saw uh, <clears throat> completely changing subjects here, but Ron Bugler just posted a picture of his fuel mileage. He's at like seven point one. Nice. So they are taking the war on fuel seriously. That's great. Uh, that's thank you, everyone. Thank you for that because I tried to stay out of that seventy-two huge. mile an hour setting of uh, on the cruise while under load because you know hey ron i got 8.2 going out <laughs> empty out to kansas all right mr bugler all right just going but yeah being under load you know that's you know that's all the key whenever especially whenever you're under load is not to try to get every single bit of the horses or yeah. torque out of it yeah i'm gonna work backwards real quick uh, the safety topics of the week were backing, forwarding, and you're on a Troy, but we're going to skip over that. That's okay, just as long as there's no cement blocks around. Okay. Con <laughs> concrete. We can drive through cement all day long. Oh, yeah. Concrete blocks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did want to hit one question from the audience. No pun on the hit. <laughs> ba -da -ba. <laughs> I have a question from Kurt Spencer. He says, hi, Jim. I have a question for the podcast. 
So I love my anniversary shirt and I would like to buy a few more. And Troy, you've done this. Mm -hmm. My question is, can we get them in a safety color and can we buy them and have the cost taken out of our check? So quick answer is yes, you can get more and you can buy them. They do not have safety colors uh, and you would have to actually cut us a check for them. It's kind of a logistics problem for us to pull it out of your check. It's easier if you bring us the money or send it over with your paperwork or something like that. So Back to the man and taxes, Jim. Back just... to the man and taxes, yeah. So just so you know, Kurt, those shirts, after our discount, but then adding the embroidery on it, they're 63 bucks each. So just let me know how many you want, and we'll get them ordered for you. Do they have long sizes? They do. Outstanding. That's good depends, depends on the model of shirt. You know, not everything comes in a tall or a long, but... Um, those Freedom Flex shirts, don't know if there's a long size. They have long sleeves. Yeah, just long size. Huh. Okay. I, Jam, I want to jump in there on the safety topic right quick on the backing. and I, I <laughs> love the wording forwarding, forwarding. <laughs> for, for one, but I, some people have issues with that sometimes. Right? Nobody in this room. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I see the word backing and, and I latched onto it and I even wrote it on my board in Super Dave and I's room. And uh, Mike Bortz uses the phrase, it's free to pull up. Well, when yeah. you back into something, it costs a lot of money. It is free to pull yeah. up. So, man, if you have to pull up five times to keep from backing into something, it's yeah. free, right? It's free. We we preach that and preach that and preach that as far as slow down, be aware of your surroundings, you know, just all of those things. And that's part of the safety bonus that's provided quarterly and whatnot. You know, you have all that criteria that, that is super easy to meet. And I think sometimes we get in a rush and in a hurry and Forget about the little things. Yep. Very true. And forwarding. You know, normally pulling up is free, and sometimes we get lucky and it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you, Troy. Yeah, you know, there's, there's good luck is good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport. I'm going to go ahead and ask Miguel Castrojones question. Why is there equipment or other trucks being parked next to 0057 on the south side by the fence? Most of the time, I am inches away from whatever is parked there just to give my neighbor room to park his truck, and my driver door has no room to open. Miguel, quick answer, it's a space issue. We need to utilize every inch of this yard, and we need that space. If there's something open, we're going to put something in it. For the most part, yeah. I mean, we're stuck doing the trailer swap. I don't know whether everybody realizes that. We're bringing in 28 new trailers. We're trying to update, modify, clean up, and sell 28 used trailers. So in the interim, I mean, we have areas where, okay, we have 71 spots here in the yard. There's an open spot. A trailer fits in it. We have to stick a new trailer there or an old trailer or, mm -hmm. you know, something we're working on. It could be a project. could be a rec trailer. You know, that's that's a spot that we have to utilize. So and Kudos to you too, Miguel, because you get that truck parked in that spot every night without yep. incident. Yep. And yeah. he's not kidding. It is inches away, yeah. you His know. And backing and forwarding yeah, skills are pretty good, good. Good, good job getting backed in there, Miguel. The Red Yard is the gauntlet. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, final thoughts, everyone. Let's start with Super, because Soup, you may have to jump down real I quick. Do. But if you want to give us I some do. final thoughts, that would be great. Yeah. Um, don't ever think that the journey is too hard because everybody has more grit inside them than they realize. And then when you have to pull it out, you've got it. It's there. And you'll surprise yourself. I guarantee it. I like it. Very good. 
Troy, you got some final thoughts? Yes, I did. I'll tie right in with what Super said. Grit is one of my favorite words, and I would just, for all of you that are that have been here for less than a year, just keep in mind that the struggle will be real here shortly. You will see that uh, there'll be plenty of money to be made, and you'll be begging for a day off. <laughs> you'll be begging. Well, they could use their PTO. Yes, they can. <laughs> yep. And most people don't work Sunday, so there are, there are days off, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to fit, interrupt your final thoughts. No, Keep that was good. That was good? That was that good. Was, that was the final thought? Yeah. I just, you mentioned something earlier, and again, I didn't want to interrupt you, and, and this is based off of something that Jam brought to us several weeks ago, is, you know, you mentioned this time of year how we, we pour all our hours into our job. You know, because it's it's kind of the make hay why sunshines type yep. theory, right? You sure grew is. up obviously on a farm. You understand yep. that mission, whatnot. As as I grew up in this business, or brother Jim and I did, you know. And Super Dave's been in it so long; he understands it, right? Please take a minute when you get home at night, because that's one of the great things about being here, and not being over the road. You still have pieces left to give your best to your family. Yeah, Jam says that quite a bit. That's don't, very yeah. yeah. Don't short track that, of that course, family time absolutely because not. you are going to see your son. You are going to see your wife. It might not be for five hours. It may only be for three, right? Something like that. But yeah, don't, don't save enough to give some good stuff to your family because there's hey, baby cakes. You know I give. You know I give. <laughs> I was just saying that, darling. Okay? There, there's plenty there to give. You know what I mean? And that's I think it's something that. I loved that Jam brought that to the table because I find myself like that sometimes, you know, and I mean, the the minute my eyes open in the morning, I'm grabbing my phone and seeing what went on with the night shift. Right. If there were any issues, what we need to line up for dispatch just on the way to work at five in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, on the way home, Jim and I carpool two or three days of work or a week. We're talking about work the whole way home, you know, and still looking at emails until bedtime and, and following up on issues or things that go on. So when you live it 24 hours at a certain point, you still, if you have the ability to do that, you have to have the ability to give your best to your family as well. Yeah. Agreed. With those pieces. So no doubt. I guess maybe that's my final thoughts is keep that in mind. You know, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds like it could be, you know? Absolutely. That's a great final thought. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Funny story too. And I'm a lightning mood up a little bit with uh, spending time with your family. And Dave, you've been asking me if Bella has been learning how to tell time. Yeah. Well, she's really getting the hang of it. And you know, she does have a problem with electronics and you know, if there's something going on in her house and you know, Bella's behavior is changing for the worse. The first thing that goes is the electronics. We find that stuff she's watching or just the addiction to the phone. So we take it away. So anyway, Bella's been really well behaved. So she had privileges to her phone while she's in the house. It's not cellular. It's just something for her to look at. So anyway, get home the other night and I don't want to bring my family mere scraps, but I got a lot going on and, you know, it's like, all right. I got to get to bed and I got to do all this and I'm at the dinner table and Bella's on the phone in the living room. I'm like, Bella, you want to come spend five or ten minutes with dad? Like, what an awesome offer for her, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she looks at me and she looks at her phone and she says, five? And then she comes over and sets her phone down but set the timer on her phone <laughs> for five minutes. Son of a... 
Yeah, so oh, rough. Yeah, rough. We we I redeemed that yesterday. That's we kind had of a shot. She picked five minutes and not picked, ten minutes, <laughs> but not even more than five minutes. Like here's five oh one. Yeah, here's my yeah. yeah. three. Sorry, Dad. Just, all you get is five. Four fifty five, four fifty four. Like right? we could have spent the time just counting the timer down. <laughs> you know. So anyway, little funny story about time yeah. and Bella and your family. My final thoughts is a pretty cool quote. I thought. Um, it is not what a man does that is of final importance, but what he is and what he does, the atmosphere produced by a man much more than his activities has a lasting influence. And that's by Oswald Chambers. Ah, I like good. that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Well, Troy, appreciate you being here. We'll Honored see everybody else next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Have a great week. <laughs>